Hey, and welcome to the Weather Channel. I, Allie, personally know that when you're at rock bottom, it can feel like God is an emotionally abusive boyfriend. This podcast exists to disprove the theory that joy and goodness are only found in perfect circumstances. Here, you will hear real stories from people who, when faced with heart-wrenching circumstances, chose joy, whether or not it made sense. Friends, each and every time someone shares their story on this podcast, it brings healing to themselves and to many of you. God is doing a beautiful work in and through this ministry. These are real life stories that inspire people to keep learning and teaching and leaning into the power of God. And we want to continue to do that with your help. The pain in this world is great, but God is greater. We have heard and seen that firsthand here in this community. I've seen him bring so much healing and redemption to the people who share their stories on this podcast and those who listen to this podcast. And I really do believe that God is using this ministry to draw men and women to himself. And I want to invite you to be a part of that by partnering with us through a financial gift. If you've been impacted by this ministry over the past three years, would you partner with us by giving a gift of praise to the Lord for what he has done and help provide for us to be able to continue in the vision he's called us to? You can make a secure donation at AllieChristian.com slash podcast. And friends, let me just say, no matter how big or small your gift, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for considering partnering with us. Good morning, Jessica. How are you? I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, Jessica, it is so good to have you here, friends. Today, I have Jessica Hoddle with me, and she is such an amazing resource for people who have suffered and are currently suffering. And today, we're going to be talking about how to suffer well, uh, but still being in our feelings. Um, Jessica, we're going to get into that, so I don't want to spoil too much, but I would love for you to share with my audience who you are and really how you kind of discovered this passion for suffering well in your feelings. Mm, Yeah. You know, I think it, for many of us, I think it just goes back to when we were younger and knowing that the people that took care of us probably did the best that they could with what they had. And, you know, it, pain can be brought down through generations and, that is what I really began to experience in my childhood. You know, I I didn't know as a child, because as a child, you look at your parents as people that are taking care of you. So you start to take it on yourself that you're doing something wrong for their behavior. If you could just be a better kid or a better child or a better teenager, and then you leave with these feelings of like, well, I'm just not good enough and I can't make them happy and nothing I ever do will be good enough. So what's the point? And, you know, I witnessed growing up a lot of physical abuse and emotional abuse and even into, you know, my twenties. And then, you know, my parents got divorced right after high school and living with different people and kind of being homeless and finding my way through life, I just carried so much resentment and bitterness and anger. And I put that towards my body, meaning I started working out really hard and I wanted to control that. And then I started at a very young age, giving my body, like I had sex at a very young age and just hoping that that would maybe, you know, make me feel better and make me feel loved. And And then it went into my business. So it was like my body, men, you know, business. And I just started to put everything of who I was into all these things. And if they were up, I was up. And if they were down, I was down. And I think that even now at the time it's recording of 30, at the time of 34, 
I still, we all still experience these pain points in our life that come for us from childhood, but then they get compounded through life, through people and situations. And I just began to really believe how kind and generous the Lord is because he is Jehovah Rapha, the healer. Um, I made that into a sticker because I wanted to be able to remind myself that he is the healer. And for me, it was, I don't have to continue to choose to be in this pain. You know, he came to take things from me, not for me to hold them and make them better. Jesus made them better. It doesn't mean that I won't experience them, but it means that I don't have to hold on to them. And so I think that's why I really get passionate about it today. Yes. I love that, Jessica. Thank you for just openly sharing with us um, part of your story. So if I may, I would love to hear what was a pivotal or maybe the pivotal moment for you when you were dealing with all of this pain. And I love how you put that, how you were trying to process all of this pain that you felt and the shame that you felt in your life, um, looking to sex, looking to business, looking to your body to really save you and rescue you from your pain. Was there a pivotal moment in your life where you realized where maybe you just broke and you realized I cannot do this on my own? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't, you know, it's so funny. I, we all have pivotal moments, but for me, I look at it as the whole of these compound small moments, because Mm -hmm. I think so many of us want those big pivotal moments. It was that moment you just hit rock bottom. It was that moment you hit the high. It was that moment. And for me, I'm always trying to encourage women to look at their everyday life and not just these big moments because healing's happening every day. You know, we think we have to get away to like a retreat. We think we have to get away, you know, for the weekend or spend hours and hours in alone time with the Lord just to find healing. And I want women to honor the moments that they have every day, because that's life. That's, I mean, taking the kids or taking care of your husband or showing up for work, like that's every day. And so for me thinking about pivotal moments, I just think about the everyday moments I had to choose what I was thinking what I was going to do like action wise. But if I'm looking at bigger moments, you know, these people, this, my spiritual father came into my life through actually a business mastermind. And I was working with him for a while and he really began to help me see the Lord because I didn't grow up in the church. So I carried a lot, did a lot. And that means that I didn't really trust the Lord. And because it was always me. Right. And I didn't have really people that I could trust because they didn't follow through on what they said they were going to do. Mm. And so then that caused trust issues with the Lord. And I think one of the pivotal moments in my healing journey was recognizing that I get to take responsibility for my choices, my thoughts, my healing, and not being dependent on somebody else for closure, not being dependent on somebody else to recognize my pain or my, you know, or to continue to blame because I lived in blame. I was blaming everybody else for the pain that I was experiencing. And that kept me in my shame and in my pain longer versus recognizing their actions were their actions. But I had the responsibility to say, oh, like I don't have to speak words of death over them just because they spoke words of death over me. Mm. And I think I was in my mid twenties when I just realized that, you know, I don't have to blame my childhood anymore for not cooking good. 
you know, I could take a cooking class. I could just start cooking. You know, it was a choice, but it was, that was so big for me to recognize, like, I don't have to continue to blame for what was, but I can choose right now. Well, take a cooking class, learn how to do, you know, ironing, learn how to do these instead of saying, well, I didn't get taught or I wasn't shown or these people didn't do this. It was, well, I can still choose to do this now. Yes. So how would you describe the healing that you experienced or could you share with us where you found healing through uh, the struggle that you faced early on in life? Um, Even maybe from, you know, like you mentioned, not not blaming your childhood on not being able to cook, but instead taking a cooking class. Like that sounds like healed to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would just love to hear about that journey of healing that you have gone through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the healing journey for me really came down to identity. And really when we look at all of it, it always comes down to identity. And in my book, face up with your feelings, I talk about these two questions to ask yourself. And one is, who do you view God to be? Meaning your personal view of God. Do you believe that you have to be perfect in front of him? Meaning you have to get your act together. Do you believe that with every mistake, he puts you in a corner waiting for you to get yourself together? Do you believe that he's this God of, um, of justice and anger and wrath, but not also good, kind, and loving. So that right there is going to tell you your response about your identity, because we are not um, being formed into the image of God. We are the image of God, right? So that means that how I view God is also how I view myself. And I go into more in depth, but that was very pivotal for me because if I viewed God as somebody who gave me sickness and suffering, then why would I go to him for healing and peace? It didn't make, like, you wouldn't go to a doctor that gave you sickness right? You'd be like, this is crazy. I'm going to go somewhere else because you gave me the sickness. Hmm. And so it's understanding really who God is, his character and nature, the Bible, which is really the story of Jesus and understanding the other part, which is also evil and the fall and what happened and, and the reactions of that. Um, so that's kind of a longer explanation that I talk about in the book, but for me, that was pivotal because then I had to recognize that's why I talk the way that I talk. That's why my relationship with the Lord is the way that it is, because this is how I view God. Mm-hmm. He's just doing this to just put me through all this, you know, crazy things to teach me lessons. Mm-hmm. And then the second part, the second question is, well, who is God really? And that's going to the scripture and figuring that out and really looking at it and digging deeper. Cause if you're just viewing through the lens of this, God of hate and all this stuff. I mean, it's a book of love. It really is. And so I think those are the two things that really helped me in my healing journey, because it really came back down to who I believe I am, the orphan spirit. I'm all alone. That's identity, you know? And so for me, it was the way people treated me, the way I was raised and how I just didn't feel good enough or loved or all those things that comes back to identity. Do I believe I'm seen? Do I believe I'm cared for? Do I believe that I am loved? And that is really what began to transform my healing journey is recognizing who God really was. 
So beautiful. I love hearing the way that the Lord works in everybody's lives so uniquely. It's just such an encouragement to my faith. I would love to uh, maybe take like a step back just for a second and ask you, when did you come to know the Lord? Because you said that you were not raised in a Christian home. I would love to hear the story of where you met the Lord. Yeah, I was about 22 when I met the Lord. So I've known him for about 12 years, but I think that so many women, um, just a kind of like a side note, I think that we automatically go, well, I know the Lord now, so I'm not going to experience any kind of pain or suffering. And if I do, then he just must not want me to be happy. And so I did all these things wrong. And, you know, my journey with the Lord has been slow growth. And, you know, I was still living with a guy at the time. So having sex before marriage, it wasn't like I found the Lord and, you know, everything was great. I didn't just change right away. Mm. You know, I was still maybe cherry picking the Bible. I was still living with one foot in and one foot out. And so for me, it was this really slow process of one scripture. Then I was like, oh, I should probably read, you know, like a chapter. And I never touched the old Testament for like seven years. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is my, this is my journey. And I want women to understand that, um, I don't want them to wait, you know, six years to read the old Testament. You know, I don't want women, but I want them to know it's okay where they are, but to know that it doesn't have to be that way. And so for me, you know, it was, it came through my cousin, you know, we, I didn't really have much family at all growing up. So relationship, any kind of connection or comfort was very uncomfortable for me. And I really came to the Lord through my cousin, April, who we just started going on a lot of bike rides. And that's when she kind of asked me if I knew the Lord. Mm. It took a while for my cousin and I to even have like a closer relationship. So, because again, family, I was always kind of told that like these people didn't love me. Mm -hmm. And so coming into this relationship as an adult, you obviously see things differently than through the lens of a child, because you more so take on the people that raised you's beliefs. And then you kind of become an adult and you start to form your own beliefs and people start saying, Hey, you know what, this isn't right. And what happened wasn't right. And so it took me a while to get into that relationship with my cousin where we felt comfortable. And so it was, a I don't know how many bike rides, but we would just go on like 20 mile bike rides and we would do it for a while. And we were just sitting at a picnic table one day and she was just kind of like, do you know the Lord? You know, I don't, I think that's how she said it, it was just kind of like, do you know, Jesus, do you know, the Lord, that kind of thing. And I was like, I don't know, I guess maybe, you know, and then we just talked about it. And I remember going to church with her and then I got water baptized and I just kind of felt like these were all the things to do. And I never really understood what was happening. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember like going to a class for water baptism of like, understanding, but I didn't, I don't remember any of it, you know? Uh, but I just knew that it was like, okay, this, I just remember feeling like, okay, this is like a step in the right direction. Right. Like I was kind of the Christian checks, this girl, like where I would tie sometimes. And then, you know, I would go to church sometimes and I just was that, well, isn't this what we're supposed to do kind of thing. And it wasn't any part on her. It's just that, you know, you go into this relationship and you don't know, because when you know nothing about the Lord, I mean, not even knowing how to find a scripture, that's where I was. Um, cause I, it was never talked about. And 
I think that my mom grew up very religious. And so she didn't want to put us into that. And we just never got any of it. So when I say I was clueless at 22, that means I was clueless. And so everything seemed exciting, but even though it was like, it was always like God in me, you know, there was never overlap. It was head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. That is just so precious how the Lord worked that out in your life for something that was so painful, like family to redeem that relationship with your cousin and, um, or even allow you to have a relationship with your cousin after you felt like for so long that she didn't love you or care about you. And then for her to help you come to Christ, that is just so sweet. As we're talking about this topic of really honoring your story, honoring the story that the Lord has written for you and all of the feelings that we have about that, all of the feelings that we have about the story that he's written. I would love to hear one, maybe two things that you want women right now who are really resonating with your story of loss, of rejection, of feeling unloved, of maybe not even really knowing where the Lord is at in their pain. What would you want them to know? Mm. For me, it's knowing that well, we can honor that pain will come into our lives, meaning not trying to avoid pain all the time, not trying to avoid conflict, not trying to push away anything that seems um, unhealthy because conflict and confrontation in a healthy way can be good. Pain is going to come, but knowing that suffering is a choice. And when I say suffering, I mean, mentally putting yourself through shame and blame and guilt and condemnation, that is not of the Lord. And so that becomes this choice. Now, when I say suffering is a choice, it's really more mental because there are things that we cannot control that happen to us where we are going to be in pain and we are going to suffer. I like to say that pain is a place of visitation, not a place of habitation. Mm because there is this flow. There is this path that we've been hurt. We're honoring that we're honoring it. We're, we're walking through it. And we do start to come out on the other side versus staying and digging. Um, so that's just one thing to just know that sometimes women just need to even know that it's a choice. And do you know what I mean? Like, I just think there's so many women that I've worked with. They're like, Oh, I didn't even know I could think that way. Mm. I didn't even know that this was possible. The other thing is that the depth that you love is also the depth that you'll feel pain. And so knowing that to swear off love again, or to swear off relationships is also to swear off love. And they both go hand in hand. And I think that for me really helps me to know in relationships that I get to love people freely and openly, but that also there's going to be a time where they could cause pain or I could cause them pain. So the depth that I love will be the depth that I feel pain. And the, the depth that I feel pain is a depth that I'll feel love and knowing that they can go hand in hand, just like faith and doubt go hand in hand. If, if we have faith, then there's doubt that accompanies it. And so if we have doubt, then obviously there's faith. And so it's not necessarily bad, but it also is that, that heart posture. But I think that just knowing that pain and love can coexist is really freeing versus always choosing. Well, it's got to be love and everybody's got to be happy and everybody's got to be joyful and everybody's got to get along versus knowing like, I love you even in this pain or 
even in this decision that was made or, you know, things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to just pull out a question that I have through what you were saying. So you mentioned uh, earlier that our feelings can lead us into a deeper relationship with God. And I would love to hear how you see that happening, or maybe even how that has happened in your own life, how your feelings have led you into a deeper relationship with God. Because I know people will say, as we've already mentioned that like feelings don't matter, or they're irrelevant when it comes to a relationship with the Lord, like his word is fact, which is true. But if, you know, we believe feelings are a gift from the Lord because they help guide us to help us to understand where we are at. Okay. Why am I feeling this way? Do, what do I believe about this? Um, and so I would just love to hear how you have seen, um, or the process of how you discovered that, um, your feelings have led you to a deeper relationship with the Lord or what that Mm. has looked like. I think it's important to recognize that there's the big T truth, which is God's truth. And then there's the little T truth of the truth of your situation. Mm. You know, we deny the fact that you were abused or that you were hit or your childhood, or we, we act as though we have to deny it in order to hold God's word to be true. And to me, I like to bridge the gap of your, this is truth. Like your situation is true. You're not lying that it, it didn't happen. It's real. It's tangible. You experience these, this situation, but then you have the big T truth that says, despite what had happened to you, here's forgiveness. Here's, here's healing. Here's peace. Here's the, you know, the fruit of the spirit. So they coexist. It's not to say that one doesn't matter, but they're saying that one is the supreme overall, the one that loves you, the one that wants to walk through this with you. And so I think that's where we get hung up so much is because like we've been talking about is one side says, feel all your feelings and it kind of leaves you there. And then the other side says, feelings are bad and you should never have them if they're angry or whatever. And so we feel shame for them. But what happens is if we just stay in our feelings and we don't know what to do with them, then they start to run us. And then if we ignore them, they still run us because our bodies are holding on to them. So our emotions basically get buried alive. So they're going to come out through um, tight shoulders, tight jaw, headaches. They're going to come out through even weight gain and bloating. Like they don't just go away. And to be honest with God is just to know that you're not taking your feelings and you're not going to go gossip because feelings are not a sin, but feelings can lead us to sin. And that's the huge difference is what are we doing with what we're feeling? Hmm. Are we gossiping? Are we dishonoring other people? Are we, you know, constantly talking about or taking action or being angry and using that and lashing out and, and all of that. So we can grow in this deeper relationship of trust with the Lord, because we can be honest. He's that safe place. He's somebody that never changes. Scripture says he is the same as he was then in the old Testament, as he is now in the new Testament and as he will be in the future. And so there is a safety because he doesn't change people change, which is why 
it's easy to not feel safe anymore with them. But our feelings are always safe with him because he doesn't manipulate us. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't shame us. Hmm. And so when we recognize we don't have to choose between feelings or God, but that we go to God with our feelings, it's this idea that our feelings can actually be confronted with love and kindness and truth to be transformed. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I was reading yesterday morning, actually, I'm, I'm doing a study on feelings. So this is really sweet to me to, to hear all that you have to say and really to validate a lot of the discovery that I've had because I have grown up in a world of feelings are bad. We don't need to focus on them. Here's God's truth, just kind of like covering up what I'm feeling with God's truth. And again, there, I love how you said the big T and the little T because the big T is the, the real truth. God's word, that is what matters. And that's, that's the truth. But sometimes we just kind of like slap a Bible verse on and we're like, oh, we shouldn't be feeling like that. Um, and so this is just so helpful for, for me to hear and to, to be reminded that God understands us. Like he, he created us. He knows our hearts. He fully understands us and knows us and loves us and isn't going to leave us in that. I love that. I love that reminder so much. Um, and just this morning I was wrestling through uh, the realization of how much God loves me, because I think we struggle with that so much of, mm -hmm. of really embracing that and believing it and living that out. And so I so appreciate you mentioning that if we don't believe or understand how much God loves us, then we are not going to be able to live out our lives as a loved person or as a known, a fully known, but also fully loved person. Um, and, and this morning I, I read a verse and it was so helpful because I feel like this can be such a big concept for people that they feel like, well, oh, I just, I don't feel loved by God or I don't understand what it means to, to fully be loved by him. And that's sometimes to, to an extent that's true. God's love is too great to fully understand. And this morning, I honestly want to say for the first time, I read Ephesians 3, 18 and 19 in a very different understanding than I ever have before. And it says, and you may have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. You may experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. And I feel like so often I shame myself for not fully understanding this concept of love and God loves me. And I should just live that out as a loved person, but it's so hard and it's so hard to remember that, but this was, this verse was so redemptive for me because it literally says in the Bible that you may, we will not fully understand. It's too great to understand how much he loves us. And that's so cool to be able to just rest in that, that we will not fully understand, but we can rest in his love. So this is just so like, I'm like geeking out on all that you have shared and what the Lord is speaking to me through it. So Jessica, thank you so much for sharing with us. I want to wrap up and hear about your book because I want my friends at the weather channel to hear about this sweet book, this, um, project that you have worked on and poured your heart out into, would you share with us about your book? 
Yeah. I mean, the book is really about everything we talked about today in so many words of being able to hold and honor your past and not live in the shame and guilt. But what does that look like practically going to the Lord? I think practical was huge for me. So I include just different ways to renew your mind, different ways to walk through the pain, different ways to understand your feelings. So I take a lot of clinical and biblical and make it practical, understanding your feelings from like a clinical level and even a little neuroscience, but just knowing, okay, this is why I'm reacting the way that I'm reacting. Now here's what we're going to do about it. And I think for me, it was so pivotal when I began to understand these little chain reactions and these thought patterns and understanding that, you know, I can heal and I can choose these things with the Lord. Doesn't mean I'm never going to have these feelings again. It just means, okay, when they come, here's what I do with them and being able again to practically walk it out. So it's really for anybody that has felt shame for their feelings, that has no idea how to process feelings that are overwhelmed to even think about it, or they're just like, I don't even got time to deal with it. Um, I think it's, it's for you for sure of just this idea of, okay, you are sick of being stuck in pain, stuck in life, stuck in your feelings. And you really want to grow your relationship with the Lord. Mm, So sweet. And Jessica, where can we find this book and where can we find you? Well, you can find it on my website at jessicahuddle.com. Um, Instagram is where I like to hang out the most. It's a little bit more personable for me. So Jessica Huddle, um, and you can find the book on Amazon as well. Sweet. Jessica, thank you so much for being here today. It has been such a joy. And I feel like we have just barely touched the surface of all of these big weighty concepts, but yet so helpful uh, discussion of our feelings and the Lord. And so friends, make sure that you go and grab Jessica's book because she dives deep in her book. Um, and, and that is a place where you can dive deep into this concept, um, and these big weighty thoughts and bring them before the Lord. So Jessica, thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in His Word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift. Thank you.